It's time for college basketball season, and the gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, has you covered on episode 70. On this special edition of the local Sunday Sports Podcast, I'll cover all the schools in the area. There's no shortage of college hoops here. Welcome to another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Opening theme from Music Radio Creative. Visit the leewmallon.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite podcasting platform. Now for our host, Lee W. Mowen. Before I begin, I would like to thank Mark Schlemmer for the idea. A good friend of mine. You can listen to Kenner and Schlemmer on 1410 AM in the Dayton area from 3 to 6 or visit wingam.com. And also, you can nominate this podcast as the best local podcast on Dayton.com. You go to Dayton.com and scroll down a tiny bit. How to nominate your favorites for Best of Dayton 2018. Click on that link. Let it load. And then you click to nominate now for Best of Dayton. You scroll down a little bit. Pick the best local podcast. And you can nominate the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. The actual voting for Best of 2018 doesn't start until December the 5th. And I'd like to thank everyone that has nominated my podcast already. It means a lot to me to be nominated and maybe win the whole kit and caboodle. Who knows? Again, actual voting starts December the 5th. And closer to time, I'll let you know how to do that. So let's begin episode 70. In the Cincinnati and Dayton area, there's no shortage of great college basketball programs from NCAA Division One, all the way down to your branch campuses. There's no shortage of great basketball players. And we're going to go through each and every team, try to cover every school as best as this podcaster can. And I hope you enjoy this ride that we're going to take. Go out, support your local schools, support your alma maters, and enjoy the sports. This episode's not going to be 12 hours long, and we're going to keep it short with each and every school. Like I mentioned, there are a ton of schools in the Cincinnati and Dayton area with college basketball. In fact, is there a school, collegiate, high school, otherwise, is there a school that doesn't have basketball? be a great trivia question. In fact, someone that does trivia, you know, find that out and then get back to me on that. We'll start off with Wright State. The Raiders, for the first time in school history, are picked to finish on top in the Horizon League. Now, Wright State hasn't been around that long since the 60s. Athletics programs got underway in the 70s. But for Wright State... Being picked to finish first in school history, you think about all those great teams back in the day, that's quite impressive. It's a great feat for Coach Scott Nagy and his Raiders. You also got Loudon Love coming back, last year's Freshman of the Year in the Horizon League, and senior Mark Hughes being named to the preseason Horizon League second team. The Raiders will open the season 
tonight, which is Wednesday, November 7th, the day of recording. They'll open up against Western Carolina, coached by Mark Prosser. You might know the Prosser name. Well, that's former Xavier and Wake Forest head coach Skip Prosser. His son Mark is the head coach of the Catamounts. This is his first year at WCU. And Western Carolina is picked to finish ninth in the Southern Conference. Some more tidbits on the Raiders. Like I mentioned, they're picked to win over Northern Kentucky and UIC. They're also picked by Blue Ribbon, Lindy's, and Athlon to win the HL. And Blue Ribbon even went a step farther, and they're going to give the transfer Bill Wampler the Newcomer of the Year preseason award, which is not an official award given out by the Horizon League. It's player, and then freshman, you got your all-first and second team, all-freshman team, Leave defenders in there as well. Again, first time in school history. And the Raiders will kick off the season tonight at the Nutter Center against Western Carolina. We now look at the women's basketball side for Wright State. They opened up the season last night in sunny California and fell 76-74 at California State University Bakersfield. And the Raiders will stay out west. They'll be at... UNLV this Friday, and the Raiders come home on Thursday, number 15th, against Belmont. Raiders are picked to finish third behind Green Bay, who has the muscle emoji in the Horizon League for women's basketball and have for quite some time, and IUPUI in their second year in the Horizon League. They are picked to finish higher than Wright State. The Raiders, an interesting point for the women's basketball side, they have produced the player of the year four of the last five seasons. That's pretty outstanding. And Coach Mary Weathers is going to have a very up-tempo Raiders squad. And like I mentioned, November 15th, that's a Thursday, the Raiders will be at home for the first time at the Nutter Center. They'll take on Ohio Valley Conference foe Belmont and the Bruins. Not to be fused with the Belmont High School Bison in town, which sometimes I have done that on the podcast. And sometimes that gets edited out, which is mainly all the time. That's your luck at Wright State Basketball, as now we take a look at the Dayton Flyers. As you might remember from last season, the Dayton Flyers men's basketball team had a rough year under first-year head coach Anthony Grant. But the second year looks to be very promising. The Flyers are picked 6th in the Atlantic 10 Conference. Josh Cunningham was picked preseason first team All-A-10. And that's the ninth Flyer in the last 15 years to be picked for that honor. You got Charles Cook in 2016, Jordan Seipert in 2014, I believe Kevin Dillard in 2012, Chris Wright from Trotwood in 2009 and 2010. A very special Dayton Flyer was Chris Wright. Brian Roberts in 2007, Scott in 2005, and Waleskowski in 2003. At least I believe that's how you say that. That's very impressive for the Flyers to get named to the first team preseason All-A-10 squad. Nine Flyers in 15 years. Outstanding work. The Flyers open up at home against North Florida tonight. That'll be at 7 o'clock. And the season opener will be UD's 300th consecutive regular season home crowd of 11,000 or better. 
That's a very hot ticket, in other words. And also, the most important thing, excluding the exhibitions, the Flyers will be opening up this second part of the renovation to UD Arena, and David Jablowski actually had a really cool video on Twitter showing the concourses. Looks like a different place. That's outstanding. And the windows also give that nice light coming through as well. So I'm pretty pumped to see it on Friday when I work uh, Officials Replay or the DV Sports System, if you're curious what that was, as the women will be opening up their home portion that Friday against Colgate at 11 a.m. But we're talking about men's first. Josh Cunningham has the potential to be the player of the year in the A-10. Special talent, very special flyer, and I see big things for UD this year. Like I mentioned, they have North Florida, and both these teams will have 9 of 10 starters back from last season. Four starters for the Flyers, and North Florida is returning all five from their 14-19 and 19 team. Also, the Budweiser Clydesdales will be making an appearance at UD Arena from 5 to 7. That will be pretty neat to see. Go out and see the horses, then come in and see a big game for the Flyers season opener. Also, Ryan Mikesell will come back after double hip surgery in summer 2017. Started 24 games the previous season as well. As we look at the women's basketball Flyers, picked second in the Atlantic 10 behind Duquesne. The Flyers picked up 183 points in the preseason poll, two first-place votes, and Duquesne picked up 194 points, 12 first-place votes. Also, Fordham and George Washington tied for third, with St. Joseph's rounding up the top five in women's basketball. The Flyers will have Jayla Scaife come back, also senior guard Lauren Canatelli. Scaife earned first-team all-conference preseason honors. Canatelli, second-team all-conference preseason accolades and also all defensive team accolades for Scaife as well. Jayla and Lauren are very special flyers. I know that's been a big point of hint when I'm talking about Dayton, but when you look at the women's basketball team, most of that success ran through Scaife and ran through Canatelli. Just the shooting on Canatelli and the overall game for Scaife. Shauna Green has a very special flyer squad. Get out your clickers, see how many times I say very special throughout the whole thing here. But, no, seriously, Coach Green, her second year, she's going to have a very tough team. And the Flyers clinched regular season last year against Fordham on February 18th before going to semifinals and then getting an at-large bid for the big dance. 11th straight postseason appearance for the Flyers, by the way. Season opens Friday, November 9th at 11 a.m. as part of the school day function for the Dayton Flyers. It'll be against Colgate. Last school day the Flyers had last year was against Horizon League powerhouse Green Bay. The Phoenix won at UD Arena. That place was loud. I was starting to get headaches by the start of the second half. Just how many kids come in, how much noise they make. It's quite special. It's very nice to see and hopefully good crowd on hand, not only tonight for the men, but Friday 
for the women as well. As we make our way down south to take a look at the Miami Redhawks. Miami is picked to finish second in the Mid-American Conference East Division. The Bulls were picked to win the MAC East. It was no contest. Buffalo picked up all 35 first place votes and 210 total points. A close vote for second place for Miami with 127, just five points ahead of Kent State. Ohio, one point behind the Golden Flashes for fourth with 121. Then Akron and Bowling Green rounded up the Mac East poll. Miami's got something big. Jack Owens, his second year at MU. They had their exhibition against Taylor University of Indiana. In case you're wondering about the West, it's a little bit tighter. The Mac West has Eastern Michigan winning with Ball State not that far behind. And then Toledo, Western Michigan, Northern Illinois, and Central Michigan. Your East Division preseason All-Mac consists of three Bulls, Massenburg, Harris, and Perkins, all seniors. You got DeMejo Wiggins Sr. at Bowling Green and senior Jalen Walker at Kent State. So none of the Red Hawks made the East Division preseason All-Mac, but it's preseason, and I can't wait to see what this Miami Red Hawks squawk can do. Miami starts off November 10th in Indianapolis, Indiana. They'll take on the Butler Bulldogs at historic Hinkle Fieldhouse. Seriously, if you've never been to Hinkle Fieldhouse, make a trip once. You won't be sorry. The Red Hawks will be home Monday, November 12th at 7 against Midway, Kentucky, a non-Division One foe. And then it's to the Bahamas for the Red Hawks. They'll have North Dakota State University, either Incarnate Word or Montana. And then the showcase closes out that Sunday, November 18th, before Miami hosts Army West Point, November 24th, Saturday afternoon. Looking at some of these games... Red Hawks at Wright State, December 5th. Go to that game. And Miami at Xavier, November 28th. And at home against Wilberforce, December the 1st. Another non-Division 1 foe. But Wilberforce we'll be talking about a little bit later when we reach the NAIA squads. We'll look at the women's basketball Red Hawks. They'll begin regular season play. Against Canisius, they'll be heading to Buffalo, New York to take on the Golden Griffins, or the Griffs as it says in the notes. Friday, November 7th at 7pm at the Coastal Athletic Center. It'll be on ESPN3, and also heard in the Miami IMG Sports Network with a subscription. Not sure if that means it'll be on 980 in Dayton or not. Golden Griffins went 10-20 and 20 last year, and Miami... Won their exhibition against Tiffin, 93-59. Red Hawks 3-0 against Canisius. Last season, Miami with a 72-47 win against the Golden Griffins. Lauren Dickerson with 22 points to lead all scores. So the Red Hawks on the road to start 2018-2019. And just like the men's basketball counterparts, Miami is picked to finish second in the MAC East with Dickerson and Kendall McCoy, preseason All-Mac honors. 
One point and one first place vote separated Buffalo and Miami at the top, whereas the men's basketball side, Buffalo ran away with Mac East. This one's a little bit closer, Bulls and Red Hawks. Ohio picked third with 57 points, three first place votes, followed by Kent State, Bowling Green, and Akron rounding out the Mac East. And the Mac West, it's Central Michigan, the clear favorite to win, followed by Toledo, Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois, Ball State, and Western Michigan. Just to compare the men's and women's basketball side of things, the men's, like I mentioned, Buffalo ran away with it. Women's much, much closer. It'll be interesting to see how basketball turns out at Millette Hall and Miami University. As we continue further south to Cincinnati, and we tackle the three Division I schools in the Queen City. First up, the Musketeers of Xavier. Xavier's men's basketball team already got their season underway with an 82-69 win against IUPUI and the Jaguars. The regular season opener at the Cintas Center. Three Musketeers in double figures, led by graduate transfer Ryan Wellage with 24 points in his XU debut. Xavier began on a 10-0 run, and IUPUI didn't get their first field goal until about 5-11 in the contest. Tyreke Jones scored 10 points in the half, also went 5-7 in the opening 20 minutes. Also two open court steals for Jones, resulting in fast break dunks on consecutive possessions. And in eight minutes of play, shots close to 72%. That's pretty good. Musketeers themselves went 14-32 from the field. 20 points in the paint while just holding the Jaguars four points down low. And also, Elias Harden tied his career high in scoring in the first half with five points. And he made a three-point basket. It was all in the first half. 13 offensive boards for Musketeers in the game. Tyreek Jones, 17. Najee Marshall with 13 points. And Marshall also with a career-high 7 assists as well. First win, first game for head coach Travis Steele as Chris Mack now leaning the Louisville Cardinals. And that's a streak of 39 straight non-conference home games also the 29th straight season opening with a win at the Cintas Center. Xavier will stay home. They'll be back in action this Saturday against Evansville at 4. In the opening game of the Maui Gym Invitational. And it'll be on Fox Sports Network in case you'd like to watch that. The men's basketball musketeers themselves, they've been picked to finish 6th in the Big East as Villanova picked to win the conference with eight first-place votes and 79 points, followed by Marquette, Providence, St. John's, Butler. Marquette and Butler picking up the last of the first-place votes. Xavier in six, Georgetown, Seton Hall, Creighton, and DePaul. I was quite surprised when I heard Xavier was picked to finish sixth. That's still a solid team on the court for the Musketeers, I'm I'm not here sitting and saying that, oh, they should have been picked first because they're great. Well, Xavier's going to have a great team, but Villanova's very strong as well. Marquette, Providence, those are some really good teams. The Big East, that's going to be a fun conference to hear on the radio. 
But there is a big accolade turned in by sophomore forward Nazi Marshall. Unanimous selection to the 2018 Big East Conference All-Freshman team last year. Also the second leading returning scorer at 7.7 points per game from last year and rebounder at 4.4. And Travis Steele, the first year head coach, is talking about how Marshall is going to have a breakout year. I can't wait to see Marshall break out. Also they're talking about Quentin Gooden, the junior guard. He's the top returning scorer for the Musketeers at 8.7 points per game. And Tyreek Jones at 4.5 rebounds per game, the top returning rebounder. Steele's been a part of the Xavier squad. He's not from the outside. He's been with Chris Mack for the last 10 seasons. And this hire, no doubt, a home run. Of course, the proof's in the pudding to see how Xavier does on the court, but he knows the Xavier way. Therefore, he's going to keep the train moving that way. It's a very exciting year. And I can't wait to see how Xavier fares in the Big East. For the women's side at XU, the Xavier Musketeers will open up Cinta Center tonight, the 7th at 7 p.m. They'll take on the Cougars of Chicago State. You can watch that game live as the Musketeers will take on a team that went 1-23 last season, 1-13 in the WAC. And Xavier has won all three previous matchups with Chicago State. First-year head coach Misty Opat, recently the head coach of Rock Valley College for 10 seasons, who led to the NJCAA Division III National Champions, went winless the year before 2017-2018. Chicago State picked up a win at Utah Valley last year, uh, an 84-74 decision for the Cougars. Last year, scored 53.4 points per game while allowing 71.1 points per game. They will have their top three scorers gone from the program. Kaylee Allen scored 14.8, Jessica Serta, and Kaylin Nix. So Xavier will take on what could be a dangerous Chicago State squad. Lots of rebuilding there for CSU. But this will be the first time that Xavier and Chicago State have matched up since November 29th, 2000. In your previous matchups, 1990-1991, where Xavier put up both 86 points in the 1990 and 1991 games. Xavier won at 86-52 and February 6, 1990, and January 3rd, 1991, Xavier 86, Chicago State 67, and 2000, Xavier won 88-34. The Musketeers are 18-0 in home openers, as Xavier defeated New Hampshire in overtime last season, going back to their first season as a D1 member in 82-83, Xavier is 23-13 in season openers. Last 19 seasons, it's a better record at 16-3. and Also, this Musketeer squad, no seniors, no graduate students. Three juniors, ten upperclassmen. And that's tied with Georgetown and Providence for the most underclassmen in the Big East women's basketball. 
that's maybe a note of concern, but if the juniors step up, not really. And you, if you can keep most of the Musketeers there and gel together, next year might be pretty nice as well. Musketeers will open and close Big East play against Georgetown. First at Washington, D.C., and then March 3rd to close out the season at the Cintas Center. Xavier picked to finish 10th out of 10th teams in the preseason coaches poll. DePaul and Marquette tied for first. Both teams with five first-place votes and 77 points. You don't really see that too often. Villanova picked third, followed by Creighton, Georgetown, St. John's, Butler, Seton Hall, Providence, and Xavier. And now we talk about the Cincinnati Bearcats. And if you pay attention to local sports around here, you know that men's basketball is opening Fifth Third Arena, finished with the remodel and everything, against Ohio State. Last time Ohio State played at UC... Oh, just a couple years back, you know, 1920, you know, back then. I mentioned, I forget which episode it was. I guess it was episode 11. Wow. It's been a few episodes, like 1920, but not so much. Chris Holtman of Ohio State's not afraid to play anyone, and I, I certainly can respect that. This game is going to be spectacular. The series only has 10 games, with Ohio State leading the series 6-4. But the two big games out of the four, when Cincinnati won the national championship games against Ohio State back in 1961 and 1962. In fact, I think they're unveiling a 1962 banner up in the rafters tonight. I might have heard that wrong from Mike DeCourcy and Lance McAllister last night, but... even if that's true, and even if that's not true, it's going to be hopping in Cincinnati. And I'll try to listen to it on uh, 700 tonight. 6 o'clock, uh, first tip. Like I mentioned, first game between the Buckeyes and the Bearcats at UC since January 3rd, 1920. Basketball's changed a little bit. I think everything's changed since then. After the Bearcats posted a 33-17 win over OSU in Columbus, it doesn't say in the notes, they met only once during the regular season. That's a bit of a shame because they're the two largest public schools in Ohio. And that was during Cronin's first season at UC back in 2006-2007 in the Wooden tradition in Indianapolis. The Bearcats defeated Cincinnati 72-50, to and OSU at the time ranked number four. And in 2012, they met in the Sweet 16 with Ohio State winning in Boston 81-66. UC coming off a 31-5 and season last year. They should have still won that game against Nevada. I'm still, I'm still kind of reeling from that fact like, wow, Nevada rallied back from a 22-point deficit. Or... Cincinnati coughed up a 22-point lead. I don't know how you'd like to look at it, but I try to look at the more positive side. And big notes about it in the press release about tonight's game. Coach Cronin's 
giving props for Coach Holman and Gene Smith, the AD at Ohio State, for what Cronin's calling it forward-thinking, modern-thinking for playing this game and opening up Fifth Third Arena. I mean, it's a big school. It's a big... You're opening... You're reopening, I should say. Not just opening. You're reopening Fifth Third Arena to Ohio State. If there's a seat in that building left, I'm going to be surprised. I'm pretty pumped. I'd like to see how the Bearcats will do. They lost AAC Player of the Year Gary Clark. I think he's in Houston. Not sure he's with the Rockets or the G League team. Also, Jacob Evans and Kyle Washington are not part of the squad. Buckeyes lost Gieta bates Diop, the Player of the Year last season in the Big Ten. Also, Sean Tate and Cam Williams. So, both these teams are smarting. They've lost key core pieces of their basketball team. Bearcats owned a 26-game winning streak at Fifth Third Arena, winning 10 of their last season openers. They last lost the season opener to Belmont, November 9, 2007. And Cincinnati hasn't played a team from a major conference in a season opener since they lost Oklahoma State back in November 16, 2001. One of the players... Brooms talking about if they win this game, it'll be part of something special. Bill Cock is the writer of the press release, and I have the notes up here. Bearcats won their exhibition against Tusculum, 68-41. Buckeyes 1-0 in Cincinnati, but like I mentioned, you have to go back to 1920. Was the three-point line even a thought back then? Did the Nets have holes in them? Were they still baskets? I honestly don't know. In case you're wondering, this starts season number 118 of Bearcats basketball. Debuted as a selected varsity sport in 1901-1902. The Bearcats finishing 5-4 and four that season. 96 and 21 overall in season openers, including 85 and 10 at home and 25 and 1 at Fifth Third Arena. And Bearcats, like I mentioned, have won their last 10 of those contests. The preseason AAC coaches poll lands UCF and the Golden Knights, winning it with 114 points and six first place votes. Followed by the Cincinnati Bearcats with 107 points and three first place votes. Followed by Houston, Memphis, UConn, Temple, and SMU rounding up the top seven. Followed by Wichita State, Tulsa, Tulane, ECU, and USF. Remember, former Dayton Flyer head coach Brian Gregory now leading the Bulls. And Jared Cumberland, former Wilmington Hurricane, selected as... The Americans' preseason first team on the media day on October 15th. Got B.J. Taylor out of UCF winning the preseason player of the year award. And just one Bearcat making the first or second team. That was Cumberland. Lots of awards for Cumberland in his UC career. Big important piece for the Bearcats. It's going to be outstanding to hear about tonight's game. Also, Mick Cronin, the winningest coach 
in the nation among active coaches his age. He's 47. It's very impressive. Very impressive stuff. As we now talk about the women's basketball squad, they started off with a 69-48 win against Austin P and the Governors, outscoring Austin P 23-9 in the second quarter and 15-8 in the fourth corner. Five Bearcats scored in double figures in the regular season opener against Austin P, which was last night at Fifth Third Arena. Bearcats will host East Tennessee State University on the 9th to continue their season. The Bearcats defense held the Governors to 31% shooting from the field and 60 points below their scoring output Friday against Georgetown College. It's the first year for head coach Michelle Clark Hurd and also the reopening of Fifth Third Arena. It's big time at UC, especially for basketball. You got a new head coach. You also have a Bearcat squad looking to improve on a 19 and 13 season. And Cincinnati picked to finish fifth in the AAC women's basketball preseason poll. UConn with 10 first place votes. Pick to win the whole Kent Caboodle again. Should know how good the Yukon Huskies are when it comes to women's basketball. They're pretty top-notch. You got Yukon first, South Florida second, Houston third, UCF, Cincinnati with 74 points, Temple with SMU, ECU, Tulane, Wichita State, Memphis, and Tulsa rounding up year 12 in the AAC. And the Bearcats have no one in the all-conference first or second teams. You do have three Yukon Huskies in the first team. Napisa Collier, Crystal Dangerfield, and Katie Lou Samuelson. Samuelson picked to be the player of the year preseason-wise for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Again, UC, they took care of business their first game, and they'll host ETSU on Friday. And that'll take us to our final Division I school in the Sunday area, the Norse of Northern Kentucky. Their first game of the year was last night, and the Norse took it to Division Three Wilmington College, 102-38. to the Norse outscored Wilmington 48-16 in the first half, 54-22 in the second. Jalen Tate led all the Norse scores with 17 points, followed by Drew McDonald, who's picked to win the Horizon League Player of the Year with 14 points in 13 minutes. Silas Athiki with 10 points, and Adrian Nelson also with 10 points. Drew McDonald just missed out on the double-double. Needed one more rebound to reach that. Adiki with 10 points, 14 rebounds. His first double-double in a Norse top. And Dantes Walton also missed a double-double. He needed two more rebounds to reach that point. And also the last 12.59 of the first half, NKU outscored Wilmington 34-8. to Northern Kentucky began on an 11-0 run with McDonald and Tate combining for those 11 points. 
Norfolk, Kentucky shot very nicely, 58.5% on the game, and held Wilmington to a percentage of 22.4. Norfolk, Kentucky will face their first Division I foe in Northern Illinois on the road Friday the 9th, and that will be on ESPN Plus for those interested in watching the affair. I mentioned Drew McDonald picked the Player of the Year in the Horizon League. Another big award. McDonald named a candidate for the Carl Malone Power Forward of the Year by the Naismith Hall of Fame. One of 20 candidates for the award. That's pretty awesome. It's named in honor of the former Louisiana Tech and 19-year NBA veteran Carl Malone who is regarded as one of the best power forwards in the game. Tremendous honor for Drew. You said it, head coach John Brennan. Quite the moment, and McDonald is quite a special talent on NKU squad. The past two seasons with McDonald patrolling the hardwood, NKU has just went 46-22. and 22. Also with two Horizon League titles, the league tournament in 2017, and the regular season title in 2018, and the last appearance they made in the playoffs. The big dance in 2017 where they fell, what was it, by seven points to Kentucky? And the NIT last year where they ran out of gas against the Louisville Cardinals. Who else is on the Carl Malone Power Four of the Year list for candidates? Well, that Zion Williamson kid that everyone likes from Duke, he's on there. You got Dean Wade of Kansas State, Reed Travis of Kentucky, PJ Washington of Kentucky. You have Benny Boatwright of USC, that's Southern Cal, not South Carolina. Sagaba Conante of West Virginia, I certainly hope I'm pronouncing that right. And Juan Morgan of Indiana. Is he supposed to be a Dayton Flyer when Archie was still at UD? I don't remember. So it's Staten. Hmm. I guess I'll never know. But there's some of the names on there. You can go to nkunorse.com and look at the whole list yourself. Lots of big schools on here. But Drew McDonald of North Kentucky, the lone Horizon League rep on this list. Mike Dahm of South Dakota State's also on here. Devante Kakok of UNC Wilmington. I think that's all the mid-major reps on that list. The Norths themselves are picked second in the Horizon League behind Wright State, which shouldn't surprise you unless you skip to this point for some reason, which, by the way, naughty. Jalen Tate, all-league second-team honoree. Like I mentioned, Drew McDonald, the preseason player of the year for the second straight year, highlighting the all-league first-team. Northern Kentucky earned 10 first-place votes and 356 points en route to being picked second in the poll behind Wright State. UIC picked third with 310. Oakland fourth, Green Bay fifth by one point between the Golden Grizzlies and the Green Bay Phoenix. IUPUI in sixth. Cleveland State seventh, Milwaukee eighth, Youngstown State ninth, Detroit Mercy tenth. This NKU squad is no pushover. They are a very good team. And last year with Wright State beating the Norse in both regular season affairs, that's going to put a little bit 
more gasoline on that bonfire. Norse are 30-10 and 10 the last two years against Horizon League foes, which is the best mark in the conference. That is pretty good. Just 10 losses in 40 Horizon League games. I was pumped when NKU was introduced. Not only does Wright State have a close traveling partner, which is just across the river in Highland Heights. I thought it was High View Heights for a second. No, it's Highland Heights. Not only does Wright State have a close traveling neighbor for sports, but it's become quite the rivalry. And as much trash talking as I see NKU and Wright State folks do to each other, you gotta admit, it's probably the best thing that could have happened to the Horizon League and for Wright State. So, quite pumped to see. And just to let you know when Wright State and Northern Kentucky play each other, like I mentioned, I wanted to keep all these segments short because we still have a ton of schools to do. We're going to jump into Division Two, then Division Three, and then NAIA, then Junior College slash Community Colleges, and then Branch, and then that'll be the episode, and it's 41 minutes into this episode, I already see. The game at BBNT Arena will be January 11th, as the Norse will welcome in Wright State. It's on ESPN 1530. I thought it was on 1360 for some reason. But no, it's on ESPN 1530 on the radio. It'll be on 106.5 FM in the Dayton area if you can't get 1530. It'll be on ESPN 2 for those that like television. And who doesn't? So the Norse will host Wright State on the 11th of January. The trip to Dayton will be on ESPNU, also on 1530 ESPN and 106.5 FM in the Dayton area. It'll be February 15th, which is a Friday at 9 p.m. at the Nutter Center, Raiders hosting Northern Kentucky. So yeah, circle those dates, go to those games. You won't be sorry. For women's basketball at Northern Kentucky, the Norse will take on Division Two member Alderson Brodus, former conference member of Central State when they were in the Great Midwest Athletic Conference. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. You can buy tickets to go out to the game. The Norse in their exhibition went against Pikeville, won 78-38. Molly Glick led the Norse with 19 points. Also went 4 of 8 from beyond the arc. And NKU's defense did a nice job in each quarter as Pikeville did not score more than 10 points in any quarter. And the Pikeville Bears also shot 29.2% from the floor. Roy Bogus is the first-year head coach at Alderson Broadus. And that will get underway tonight, November 7th at BBNT Arena. It's also faculty and staff appreciation night. And Campbell County night for $3 tickets. That's pretty cool. I like when Wright State does that. It's Beaver Creek night, Miamisburg night. I think I asked Coach Ron Russo in episode 27, why is it that Wright State and Miamisburg are like BFFs, whereas UD and, I don't know, Oakwood and Kettering are closer? I don't know. Someone answer that. First D1 opponent for the women's basketball Norse will be November 17th at the Kent State Classic against KSU. And then another battle the next day against Akron. 
first home game against D1 school will be grade school night and high school team night against Belmont and the Bruins November 21st at the BBNT Arena. NKU squad picks sixth in the Horizon League preseason poll. That'll be behind Green Bay, IUPUI, Wright State, Youngstown State in fourth place. Also the Penguins with a first place vote. The only first place vote that did not go to Green Bay and the Phoenix. Milwaukee in fifth place. There's the NKU Norris at sixth. Oakland seventh. Cleveland State eighth. Detroit Mercy ninth. UIC tenth. Your first team Horizon League preseason squad. Molly Glick is a first teamer. Along with preseason player of the year. Macy Williams at IUPUI. Jen Wellnitz at Green Bay. Emily Vogelpohl of Wright State. And Sarah Cash at Youngstown State. And now we jump from Division One to Division Two, and we'll start off with Central State University and the Marauders. I did a little bit of digging, and I can't find any preseason polls for Central State and the Marauders. I will tell you that in men's basketball, the Marauders went 14-15 and 15 overall last season, but won the SIAC West Crown with Lane at 11-8, and eight, along with Spring Hill, Kentucky State, Miles, LeMoyne, Owen, and Tuskegee in the West. In the East, it's Morehouse, which 18 and 1 in the SAAC and 25 and 3 overall. Morehouse has a pretty good team. So does Clark Atlanta and Claflin, who both went six losses overall, 24 and 6 went Clark Atlanta. Claflin went 26 and 6. Clark Atlanta with the better conference record, 16 and three compared to 14 and five, followed by Benedict, Fort Valley State, Albany State, and Payne. That's your men's basketball standings from last season. Women's basketball standings last year. Central State finished in a tie with Spring Hill at 15 and three in the SIAC West. Marauders went 23 and six, Spring Hill 22 and six, along with Lemoyne Owen, Kentucky State, Miles, Tuskegee, and Lane. Out in the East, Clark Atlanta 14 and 3 in the SIAC East, 20 and 9 overall, with Albany State, Claflin, Benedict, Fort Valley State, and Payne following suit. I just noticed that one of the teams in the men's basketball side, Morehouse, does not have a women's basketball program. Huh. The more you know, unless it's a male-only school, I'm not sure. I know Morehouse plays Central State on occasion. The women's basketball marauders will start this weekend at the Theresa A. Check tip-off classic. If you don't know who Mrs. Check is, very big part of women's basketball in the area. Part of the Green County Women's Hall of Fame, also Cincinnati State's Hall of Fame. She was the AD for a couple years. Cedarville High School's Hall of Fame the NAIA Hall of Fame, Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame, and Central State University's Hall of Fame as well. That's a lot of Hall of Fames to be part of. So yeah, Coach Check has done incredible amount of work. Resigned as Central State's head's women's basketball coach to focus on being the director of athletics back in 2001. Brought back football for Central State. Also added men's and women's tennis and volleyball. 
and got Central State back into NCAA Division II in 2004, which helped open up opportunities for the athletic program. And then Check in 2008 accepted the AD role and the head women's basketball coach role at Cincinnati State Community College. It's a shame that Cincinnati State doesn't have sports anymore outside soccer. That was a good rivalry with Sinclair. Played for three years at Adelphi, one year at Central State. Began coaching at Alter High School in seven seasons, won 122 games, and advanced to the regional final on two occasions. And then went to Central State and developed a perennial NAIA powerhouse. Won 407 games in Czech's tenure and made 13 consecutive appearances in the NAIA Division I National Tournament, making it to the Sweet 16 once and the Elite 8 twice. So, yeah, Coach Check, the Theresa A. Check Classic schedule is available at MarauderSports.com. And the Marauders will have Salem, used to be called Salem International, the Salem Tigers. Not sure when they dropped International, but they'll be at 4 Saturday, November 10th. But first, you'll have Wilberforce and Kentucky State at 2. And on November the 11th, you have Kentucky State and Salem. And then that classic US-42 battle, Wilberforce and Central State. That ought to be a good one to watch. Four great games at the Czech tip-off. Again, MarauderSports.com, Beacom Lewis Gymnasium. Heck of a place. Especially if the marching marauders are in there, because that place gets loud, and the atmosphere there is just electrifying. It is a great place to watch college basketball. For the men's basketball marauders, they dropped both their exhibitions to Division I opponents in Indiana. Central State fell at IUPUI 86-52 and Notre Dame 76-54. And they'll start off the season Friday, November 9th against Christian Brothers University at Beacom Lewis. And then that Sunday, November 11th, they'll make the return trip to Memphis, Tennessee to battle Christian Brothers once again. A trip to Lake Erie and then November 18th, It'll be a battle of Ohio University Eastern on November 18th, Sunday at 3. Again, that's all at Beacom Lewis Gymnasium. It's quite the gymnasium. Go out and see a game. You won't be disappointed. And now we make the short trip from Central State to Cedarville. And the Yellow Jackets Division II Basketball, Men's Basketball, will pick up the schedule Lost at Akron, 70-50. It'll be part of the GMAC and Great Lakes Valley Conference crossover. As Cedarville has Quincy, November 9th, and Kirksville, Missouri. And then at Truman State, November 10th. It's a really neat idea. I like that. The GMAC has really grown to be an exceptional Midwestern Division II conference. And the Great Lakes Valley Conference, that's a powerhouse in D2. In case you're wondering who's all in it, uh, one team that's fairly close, Ohio Dominican, they're in the GLVC. Also, like I mentioned, Quincy and Truman State, because it's the crossover. The first home game will be part of the Don Callen Classic, as Cedarville has Campbellsville Somerset on Friday, November 16th, and November 17th, Cedarville hosts Shawnee State. And then November 20th, the Yellow Jackets will take flight to Kentucky State. 
And on here, Cedarville has Wright State at the Nutter Center for an exhibition match November 27th. I guess it's exhibition for the Yellow Jackets and not for the Raiders because that's part of the regular season. And then GMAC Conference starts to play November 29th. That is awfully quick for conference foes. And all but, what I see, three matches will be in conference play after that. Lake Erie's part of the GMAC now. Like I mentioned, Central State used to be part of the GMAC, and I kind of wish they stuck with the GMAC just because of the fact that you got a lot of local squads that you're traveling to. I mean, Ohio Dominican, Ohio Valley, Finley is in the conference, which I forgot about. Hillsdale, Michigan. Not sure what part of Michigan that's from, but that's not awful. Owensboro, Kentucky, Tiffin, Lake Erie, Elkins, West Virginia, Davis and Elkins, and Austin Broadus. Broadus. Broadus? You think I remember how to say that? Norfolk, Kentucky's women's basketball team is hosting them. The Cedarville Yellow Jackets are in the middle of the GMAC poll, which can't wait to see how many teams are in the GMAC now. Yellow Jackets went 13 and 14 overall last year, 8 and 12 in the GMAC, and settled in the middle of the 13 team league. The regular season champ from last year, Finley, took the top spot with seven first place votes. Followed by Hillsdale, Walsh, Ohio Dominican placing fourth. And that's your look in the GMAC for men's basketball. We'll dive over to women's basketball now. And these Yellow Jackets are expected to vie for the GMAC title. Tied for third in the preseason coaches poll. With Hillsdale taking the top spot and Finley not too far behind. Four first place votes for the Oilers. Hillsdale has five. Cedarville and Walsh were deadlocked at third place. Then Ohio Dominican will fall along with fifth. Great season last year for Cedarville, 24 and 6 overall, 18 and 4 in the GMAC, and made it all the way to the tournament semifinals. On November 9th, CU opens up against perennial power Ashland at Ohio Dominican, the Midwest region crossover. Sounds like a lot of great women's basketball action at ODU, which is Northeastern Columbus. Home opener, November 15th against Wilberforce. At 7. As we now take a look at just up the road, the Urbana Blue Knights, who are picked to finish 12th in the preseason Mountain East Conference poll. West Liberty is the preseason favorite to win the 2019 MEC Men's Basketball Championship. Followed by Fairmont State and West Virginia, Charleston, Notre Dame College, Concord, West Virginia State, Shepherd, Glenville State, Willing Jesuit, West Virginia Wesleyan, Virginia Wise, followed by Urbana with 21 points. Urbana gets their season underway. On the 9th, they'll be in West Virginia to take on Salem. The Salem Tigers had an exhibition against Wright-Patterson Air Force Base see that squad from time to time at Miami Middletown in St. Clair. And the Blue Knights came away 76-69 winners there. An exhibition at Cleveland State on the 13th. And the Blue Knights will not be at home until December the 1st. 
when Wheeling Jesuit visits Urbana, and then Charleston will come into town. And the rest is mostly home matches for the Blue Knights. But it looks like there are no non-conference tilts at Urbana University. There are a couple on the road, and you got the Tiffin Thanksgiving Tournament against Purdue Northwest, and either Tiffin or Carlo, depending on how that shakes out the Thanksgiving Tournament up there. And the MEC play will start on the road at Wise, Virginia, at UVA Wise. Before we talk about women's basketball at Urbana, just want to give a shout-out. There is an acro and tumbling team at UU. That's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie to you. Four new Blue Knights. And women's basketball voted 8th in MEC preseason poll. Glenville State takes the top spot with 6 first place votes. And 110 overall points. Just one ahead of Notre Dame College. Fairmont State with three first place votes in third. West Liberty in fourth. West Virginia State in fifth. Charleston. Concord, Urbana in 8th, Willing Jesuit, Shepard, West Virginia Wesleyan, and UVA Wise with one point in women's basketball. The women's basketball squad had a scrimmage at Ohio. They'll begin play the 14th of the month against Tiffin at home at the Warren G. Grimes Center for tackling the road until December the 1st when Willing Jesuit comes in for that doubleheader. And now we're in Division Three territory, and we'll start off with our friends in Clinton County, the Wilmington College Fighting Quakers. We'll start off with women's basketball, as the OAC coaches pick the Quakers' eighth, as Baldwin Wallace picked to win the OAC, followed by Capital, Ohio Northern, Marietta, Mount Union, John Carroll, Otterbein, there's Wilmington. And tied for ninth, Heidelberg and Muskingum. As the Quakers will open up the 2018-19 season by hosting the Damons Hampton Inn tipped off. You know, the other day I was asking Mark Schlumber what happened to Damons because they had a big spot at Town & Country. That's now Buffalo Wild Wings. And back when I was a kid, I didn't realize it was a sports bar. But, yeah. There we go. Quakers will play Grove City College out of Pennsylvania Friday, November 16th, and then Kenyon on Sunday, November 18th. And that'll be the Fighting Quakers part of the Damon's Hampton Inn tip-off tournament. Pull up the schedule for you here. Grove City's game will be at 6.30 on the 16th, and on the 18th, that game against Kenyon will be at 2. And then Wilmington will be at the Fred Rice Memorial Tournament against North Central Illinois. And a team to be named later. And then back in the Quaker Bowl rivalry against Earlham College in Richmond, Indiana, Wednesday 28th of November. That's a 5.30 game there, so it has to be a doubleheader. Now looking at the men's basketball side of things... November 28th, the men's basketball Quakers will be at Earlham at 7.30. They'll start off at home the 2018-19 season against Mount St. Joseph, 
followed by a home contest against future NAIA school Thomas Moore. And then Wilmington will hit the road. Looks like they're in the Marymount, Virginia tournament. They're playing Marymount Saturday the 17th at 1, and a game to be named later on the 18th. Now, this news wasn't on the Wilmington Quakers athletic site, but I found it on OAC.org. That's the Ohio Athletic Conference's website. John Carroll Men picked to finish first in the preseason men's basketball poll. John Carroll tallied 79 points and seven first-place votes, followed by Marietta with 75, Ohio Northern with 59, Mount Union with 54, Baldwin-Wallace with 50. John Carroll and the Blue Streaks went 25-6 and last year and 14-4 and in conference play. Following Baldwin-Wallace in 6th place Capital, 7th place Heidelberg, 8th place Muskingum, 9th place Wilmington, 10th place Otterbein. And now we're talking about the Wittenberg Tigers. In the NCAC, which is the North Coast Athletic Conference, Wittenberg's men's basketball team, the all-time winningest program in Division Three, as I'm seeing on Wittenberg Tigers' website, which is wittenbergtigers.com. Wittenberg is picked to win the NCAC men's basketball with seven first-place votes and 97 overall points, followed by Wooster with 93 overall points, Ohio Wesleyan, Wallace, Denison, DePaul, Oberlin, Hiram, Kenyon, and Allegheny. The season begins November 16th for the Tigers at the Muhlenberg Classic. They'll take on Gosher, Gosher, G-O-U-C-H-E-R. And then to close out the Scotty Wood Tournament at the Muhlenberg Classic, Wittenberg will have Juanita. There's a pair of games at the Ohio Athletic Conference, North Coast Athletic Conference Challenge as Wittenberg has Capital and Otterbein and then a game at Marietta to close out November. First home match in Springfield for Wittenberg won't be until December the 1st against Oberlin. And then DePaul comes in on the 5th. Pair of NCAC matches for Wittenberg. For the women's basketball side, it's DePaul looking to win the NCAC Wittenberg was picked to finish 4th out of ninth. DePaul, Oberlin, Canyon, the Tigers, Denison, Hiram, Wooster, Allegheny, and Ohio Wesleyan wrap up the NCAC. And for women's basketball, their first game will be at Transylvania on the 10th. And then Wittenberg's women's team will be at the North Park Tip-Off Classic against North Park, the host, and Elmhurst. Before Wittenberg comes home on the 20th of the month and 25th to take on non-conference foes Capital and Franklin. And now onwards to Richmond, Indiana for the Quakers of Earlham. Members of the Heartland Collegiate Athletic Conference. Rolls Hulman is picked to win the HCAC or the Heartland as I'm probably going to call it. Followed by Transylvania, Hanover, Anderson, Mount St. Joseph, which we'll talk about next, actually. Franklin, Bluffton, Earlham in 8th place. And then looks like a tie for ninth between Manchester and Defiance. Rose Hulman Institute of Technology. Their mascot's called the Engineers. It's actually pretty 
pretty amazing. I think Mount Union for their football game against Rose Hughes Miller, like Raiders engineer a win. Like that's the greatest line I've ever read. Actually, it probably is the greatest line I've ever read. There is a Loveland, Ohio native, also reigning freshman of the year, Craig McGee for the Fighting Engineers. One of two returning all HCAC players for Rolls Human. As we look at Earlham's schedule for men's basketball, they'll have a scrimmage at Purdue Fort Wayne on the 8th, which is tomorrow of this day of recording. And then the regular season will begin at home against Albion, a home game against Wabash and the Little Giants, and then on the road to Kenyon, at home against Adrian, and the Quaker Bowl against Wilmington on the 28th. That's a very big series. For the women's side of things, Orlam will start with a game at St. Mary's College, which is in South Bend, Indiana. Almost as a Notre Dame, Indiana. That's not a place. I mean, Notre Dame is a place, but it's not a city like South Bend is. Earlham women's basketball will be at St. Mary's College, and then at Alma, and then they'll host Wilmington, Ohio on the 28th of the month. And picking up the preseason title for the Heartland in women's basketball, Rules Human. Followed by Transylvania, Hanover, Bluffton, Franklin, Mount St. Joseph's, Earlham in 7th place, Manchester, Defiance, and Anderson. For Mount St. Joseph's, as we make the transition from Richmond back to Cincinnati, the Lions men's basketball schedule kicks off the 12th of November. They'll be at Wilmington, and then at Wooster on the 17th, and then it'll be the Mount St. Joseph tip-off classic, as MSJ has Waynesburg after North Park takes on Muskingum. And then Waynesburg has North Park to lead off the 25th, followed by Muskingum. Saturday 24th, Waynesburg's at 7, and 25th, Muskingum's at 3. Before conference play begins in December, first home match will be against Rose Hulman on the 5th of December at the Harrington Center. For women's basketball, Mount St. Joseph will be on the road at Hiram, on the 10th to begin the season. And then it'll be the Lauren Hill Tip-Off Classic with MSJ at the Cintas Center battling Cincinnati Claremont. And the first game of the Harrington Center is the 28th of November, a Wednesday, against Wittenberg and the Tigers. And now we're in NAIA territory. And we'll start off with our friends in Richmond, Indiana. Indiana University East and the Red Wolves. In the River States Conference, men's basketball is picked to win the whole kit and caboodle with seven first-place votes, followed by West Virginia Tech with five first-place votes. Indiana Southeast got a first-place vote. Asbury, Brasida, Rio Grande, Alice Lloyd, Cincinnati Christians in there. We'll talk about the Eagles next. Followed by Indiana Kokomo. Not the Beach Boys song. Carlo and Ohio Christian tied for 10th, Midway, and Point Park. That's your poll for men's basketball in the River States Conference, home of IU East and also CCU. As basketball for IU East gets underway, formerly men's basketball and women's basketball for that matter, 
They played at Richmond's Tiernan Center, one of the biggest high school gyms in Indiana. I think Newcastle might be the biggest, or one of the biggest, with 9,500 seats. That's still amazing. Indiana University East has already played three games. That's not fair. Tonight's a tip-off. Wait until everyone tips off. No, I'm just kidding. Don't listen to me. And it started off with a 85-84 win against number one Indiana Wesleyan on the road. Followed up with a two-overtime decision against Lords University. Red Wolves won it 90-85 before IUE suffered their first loss in the Madonna University Classic against host Madonna 81-72. Red Wolves are 2-1 to begin the year and they'll be at home for the first time. The First Bank Richmond Classic at 7 will be IU Southeast against the College of the Ozarks. But first, it will be Michigan Dearborn taking on IU East at Lingle Court. What's neat about Indiana University East as an athletic whole is that it's got a very young history. I mean, if you look at the... Basketball milestones. Men's basketball got underway in 2007. The first loss was November 2nd against Cincinnati Christian. Their first win would be against Taylor Fort Wayne. And their 100th win would be about five years afterward at Wilberforce. I think I watched that game as well. It might have been the same year Wilberforce committed like 80 fouls and there was like a lot of three throws. I'm trying to remember that. I'm not sure. If that's correct or not. And IUE recently opened up Lingle Court. Like I mentioned, they used to have time with uh, the Tiernan Center, Richmond High School Red Devils. It's in the Student Events and Activities Center, adjacent to Springwood Hall. This campus is on US 27 by Meyer and I 70, so it's really close to a major highway. It's really cool to see IUE spring up from the ground and have so much success early on. I mean, I have an Indiana East shirt somewhere. I got it because I did a puzzle, but still. Just seeing the success that IU East has had from Jesus Jimenez and Pau Item, it's, it's very cool. And I, I like seeing success, so keep it up, IU East. So Lingle Court's been open since the 2016-17 school year, which would be third year of operation for basketball. The fifth building on the IU East campus, by the way. For women's basketball in the River States Conference, it's Rio Grande expected to win the whole thing with 10 first place votes, followed by one for IU East, Alice Lloyd in third place, Indiana Southeast in fourth, Point Park in 5th, IU Kokomo in 6th, West Virginia Tech, Brashida, Cincinnati Christian, Carlo, Midway, Asbury, and Ohio Christian. Women's basketball, I believe they played a couple games as well as the men, so this isn't a tip-off for the Red Bulls. I'm kind of sad. Anyway, IU East is 0-2 to start off the year. They fell to number 3 Southeastern University, 72-51 as part of the First Bank Richmond Classic, and also lost to Lindsey Wilson College, 75-67. They'll be on the road tonight at Olivet Nazarene University, number 18 ONU. 
before coming back home to take on number 14, University of St. Francis at Lingle Court. And then on the 13th, looky here, another ranked team, Marion University comes to Richmond. In fact, the first few games I spy, four or five are ranked, six or seven are ranked, and your next non-ranked opponent will be the 21st against Lincoln College, which doesn't necessarily mean anything, but still. These numbers are ranks and not just someone's like, I like numbers, I'll put numbers on there. That's a tough start for IU East. Impressive work. And we'll head down to Cincinnati and talk about Cincinnati Christian. We mentioned where they're going to finish in the River States. So far, the Eagles in men's basketball play are 2-1. and one. A regulation win at Indiana South Bend, 74-68. A two-overtime win against number 21 Trinity International, 105-97 at the Grace College tip-off. And an overtime loss to the host, 97-93 in OT. And for CCU, next game at Indiana Wesleyan University is against number 1 Indiana Wesleyan University. It's going to be a tough game on the 14th of November for CCU. And then another ranked road game awaits. Mount Vernon Nazarene University on the 16th before Cincinnati Christian comes home on the 19th of November, takes on Simmons College of Kentucky at the Jill Rendell Court. For CCU women's basketball, 1-2 and two are the Eagles. They won against Kentucky Christian, 77-66 at home, fell against Georgetown College, 67-57, and lost on the road at number 4 Marion University, 87-30. A pair of Division I NCAA foes await CCU, as the Eagles will travel to Tennessee State University and Lipscomb University before regular play begins, and CCU will be at Indiana Tech on the 10th. They're ranked number 9th, and then a game at Georgetown College, a game at number 19 Taylor University as part of the Crossroads versus River States Conference a game against number 15, Indiana Wesleyan University, before the Eagles come back home on the 27th at Jell Rendell Court against Indiana Kokomo. And now it's time to check out the Wilberforce University Bulldogs. And Wilberforce already started this year. Three and one are the Bulldogs. And three straight wins routed off by Wilberforce. Start off with a loss at Voorhees College, Voorhees receiving votes, 88-81 Voorhees defended home court before Wilberforce pulled off their first win at Allen University in two overtimes, 118-117. It went at Point Park, 93-89, and Clark State Community College came into town for the first game of the year for Wilberforce, also labeled as Wilberforce's homecoming, and it's the Bulldogs over Clark State and the Eagles, 71 to 57. Wilberforce was supposed to have a game at Tennessee Martin, but that got canceled. Your next home game for Wilberforce will be against Cincinnati Christian University on the 15th of the month, and then another home game on the 21st against Ohio Christian University. But before then, there's going to be now four road games. First off, at Harris Stowe State University at St. Louis, an exhibition at Ohio. An exhibition at Toledo, which I believe it's exhibition against Wilberforce, but accounts for Ohio and Toledo, since it's part of the regular season. A game at Kentucky State, 
And then Cincinnati Christian at home, Lemoyne Owen on the road, Ohio Christian at home, and a game against Division II foe, UIndy. And the next home game after that, well, the closest game will be at Miami, Ohio. That's not in Wilberforce. And then a game in Chicago against Roosevelt University. And then back home against East West University. I will say, covering all these schools, you get to learn a lot of schools that you never knew existed. East West is probably one I never heard of. The rest I've heard of, I've heard of Harris State somewhere where I can't tell you. Point Park, I know someone that works there. I guess I haven't heard of Allen University, but there you go. Now we'll look at the women's basketball Bulldogs. For the women's basketball Bulldogs, they're 2-2 two and two with the Bulldogs defeating Voorhees College 66-64, falling at Allen U 57-51. Defeating Miami Hamilton for homecoming, 90-31. to And falling in a close one in Lima at the University of Northwestern Ohio, 68-59. to Wilberforce will then be part of the Teresa Check tip-off tourney. You can go back to the Central State segment and hear about that. Last game I'll let you know is Wilberforce Central State, and you need to go out and see that. Actually, go down and see... Have to go back and see when the men's basketball teams are playing. Miami Middletown's on both rosters of uh, games for Wilberforce, which is pretty cool. They used to broadcast Miami Middletown basketball. Good people there. And we'll talk a little bit about their basketball schedule coming up. Go through the men's basketball and see when. It will be January 21st, Central State hosting Wilberforce. Go there. You will not be sorry. You will enjoy yourself. You will have a good time. It is a great series. I promise. And now from NAIA, we go into NJCAA, or OCCAC play, which is Ohio Community College Athletic Conference play. It's better just say OCCAC. We'll start with Sinclair. Their season begins tonight. The only building named number eight, or building number eight, if you like combining words and actually saying them right. The Tartan Pride have Miami Middletown tonight at 7.30. That'll be a good game. By the way, for Sinclair, tonight begins the seventh season that Gem City Sports Network will be covering Sinclair CC Basketball. And Rick and Mary Smith will have the call for you. On that. First game was December 1st, 2012. I wouldn't join up with GCSN until that next year when the ever station I was part of kind of died type of thing. I don't like getting into that. Makes me sad thinking about it. But again, seven years of covering Sinclair Sports for GCSN. That's pretty cool. This will be the first game of the year that's not a scrimmage for Sinclair's men's basketball program. Then they'll take a trip up to Michigan to battle Henry Ford College. And then there'll be a couple of home games by a couple, I mean five and six in a row, starting off OCCAC play later on. Cedarville JV takes on Sinclair on the 14th, Bryant and Stratton on the 17th, Indiana Tech's JV squads on the 19th, Wilberforce JVs on the 24th, Essen Community College on the 28th, and Columbus State 
on the first. In case you're wondering who is picked to win the OCCAC of men's basketball, that's Cuyahoga Community College, or Tri-C if you will, with seven first place votes. Followed by Sinclair, Columbus State, Lakeland, Edison State, Owens, Lorraine County, Hawking College, and Clark State. Also new to the OCCAC as a provisional member for this campaign, Bryant and Stratton. And they are located in Ohio somewhere. And not just the name of two people that play sports. And just by doing a tiny bit of research, I could tell you there's a lot of Bryant and Strattons out there and four Ohio branches in Akron, Cleveland, Parma, and Solon. Not sure which one has the actual sports. But there you go. For women's basketball, Sinclair is picked to win with five first-place votes, followed by Owens, Tri-C, Edison, Lakeland, Columbus State, Lorain County, Clark State, and Hawking College. And we'll jump right into the women's basketball schedule for Sinclair. As the Tartan Pride will open up their home portion of the schedule against Miami Middletown tonight at 5.30. St. Clair 1-0 on the season after their 60-42 win at Anne Arundel Community College. Like I said, the more schools you cover, the more names you hear. It's quite fascinating to learn a lot about these colleges. There's Jamestown Community College, and it's listed as an OCCAC game. And I'm not seeing anything about that on the OCCAC press release. Excellent. For Edison and the Chargers, or as Mark Schlemmer always calls them, the light bulbs. I don't know, their logo doesn't look like a light bulb. It looks like a lightning bolt that's got a face on it. As, you know, lightning bolts often do. Edison State's men's basketball is 1-0. They defeated Rio Grande's JV squad 109-44. to and they'll be on the road at Columbus State Community College tonight at 7.30 before coming home on the 9th to take on Wright-Parison Air Force Base. For Edison's women's basketball team, they're 1-0 as well. They beat Rio Grande's JV squad on the road 85-51. They're also at Columbus State tonight, and they're also host Wright-Parison Air Force Base at home on the 9th at 5.30. As we make the way to Springfield again to talk Clark State in the Eagles, they're 1-0, the men's basketball team is. They won 71-59 at UC Claremont, and they had a game at Wilberforce University. It's not listed on here. I think I remember saying the Bulldogs won that one, so 1-1 one one are the Eagles. They'll wait home tonight against Miami Hamilton at 7.30. I believe the women will play at 5.30. The women's basketball Eagles are 0-1. They fell to UC Claremont 57-54 on the road. And you can go watch their games in Springfield on Leffel Lane, which is right by I-70. I believe you can see it off the interstate. If you can't, it's very close to the State Route 72 exit. And now we're rounding third and heading for home to make a relevant baseball comment in basketball I guess slamming at home and beating the buzzer there you go we're talking branch campuses there's a couple in the area that have sports and the Thunderhawks of Miami Middletown their men's basketball team quite strong at the Bennett Center if you get a chance to go out go watch mum they are a fun bunch of Thunderhawks 
to watch and see. When I covered him, it was Bob Nocton, the head coach. Met a lot of great people up there. Miami Middletown always starts their season off with tough opponents to get ready for the ORCC, which is the Ohio Regional Campus Conference in Ohio, which deals with branch campus athletics. There are a lot of branch campuses that have sports. There's a couple that are branch campuses and have sports, but aren't in the ORCC anymore, like Wright State Lake Campus, which we'll cover last. Men's basketball at Miami Middletown, they're 0-2 to start off the year, with a 128-58 loss at Georgetown College and a 114-64 loss at Indiana Southeast. The Thunderhawks will be on the road for two more matches. They'll be at Sinclair tonight, again, GemCitySports.com, to listen to it. And they'll be at OU Chillicothe to start ORCC play for coming home November 17th at 3 against Ohio Lancaster. Clifford Johnson is the head coach of the Thunderhawks. When I was broadcasting games at Mum, he was an assistant coach. Really nice guy. It's great to see that he gets a chance to get the head coaching job at MUM. Also, David Davis. I believe he was an assistant coach as well with Bob Nocton's Thunderhawks squad. When you think Branch Campus, you think a lot of local kids getting a chance to play. And there are three Valley View Spartans on there. Cooper Nolte is a former Valley View Spartan. He's the all-time scoring leader at Miami Middletown. I got to call a season and a half of him doing great things with the Thunderhawks. You got three Valley View Spartans, an Eaton Eagle, Oilers on there, Stivers, Mount Healthy, Northmont, Springboro, Franklin, and Mount Healthy. So lots of local kids getting a chance to play. And sometimes there are the cases where you get part of your degree done at the branch campuses, Miami, Milltown, Miami, Hamilton. There's also Voice of America one, which is Westchester. And you can go to Miami. Sometimes you get a chance to play for Miami U. Baseball had a Miami Hamilton Harrier, which I was excited about. But when I was telling people that, they are like, okay, so there we go. Let's talk about women's basketball now. Miami Middletown women's basketball had a tremendous year last year. The Middletown Hamilton champs, the branch campus rivalry, ORC conference champs, and state champs. Quite impressive for Miami Middletown. They're one and one to start off the year. They beat Wright Patterson Air Force Base. 7758 which actually that's a first right Patterson Air Force Base has always had a men's basketball team women's basketball that's that's new that's quite impressive the women fell at home to Mount St. Joseph 7367 they're at Sinclair tonight OU Chillicothe on the 10th and at home against Ohio Lancaster on the 17th by the way that Miami Hamilton and Miami Middletown battle starts November 20th, which is a Tuesday, women first, men last, 5.30, Harriers and Thunderhawks. You should go out and see it. The series will return to Hamilton February 6th, women first, men afterwards at 5.30. Again, go out and see them. They're good athletes, and it is a lot of fun. For Miami Hamilton, they have already played a 
pair of games at Grace College. There are no results listed on the Harriers' website for men's basketball. They'll be at Clark State tonight, and they'll host Ohio Chill Coffee on the 14th for traveling to Miami Middletown on the 20th. That game against Ohio Chill Coffee starts ORCC play for the Harriers. I want you to go back and look who's the head coach. Don't remember. Kelvin Moss, your head coach of the Harriers. He's in his third season, so that would have been the year after I stopped broadcasting. Bernard Caldwell's an assistant coach, and Chris Edwards, also known as C. Eddie, he's in his first year as assistant coach at Miami Hamilton. As your coaching staff for the men, so we look at the Harriers women's basketball squad. Currently 0-2 to begin the year. The Clark State tonight at 5.30. Falling 90-31 at Wilberforce and 112-42 at Rio Grande. Harriers have that doubleheader with Ohio Chill Coffee on the 14th and Miami Middletown on the 20th. And again, right Patterson Air Force Base. Must start a women's basketball program. That's awesome. I'm happy about that. I just wish I could find something about them. Ross Tanyans, the head coach, his first year at MUH. LaShawn Korsnak as the assistant. And that's his first season at MUH as well. And now upwards to Wright State Lake Campus for the Lakers. Originally they were part of the Ohio Regional Campus Conference, but now they're in the USCAA. The only branch campus of Wright State University. Used to have volleyball, but that is not the case currently. They fell to Georgetown College. 112-83 did the men's basketball team. And are currently 2-1 and one on the year. Has scrimmage at St. Clair and Wilberforce. Start off with a, an overtime loss at Ohio Christian, but got the sweep against Blue Lights College. If you told me there was a blue light college before looking at the schedule, I would have said you were making that up or referencing Kmart in some crazy way. But no, it's Blue Lights College. 95-92 on the 26th, 115-78 in the second game. And that's October. Like I mentioned, the Lakers lost at Georgetown, Kentucky. They're at Lords yesterday. And on Friday, the Lakers will be at Boyce College in Kentucky. And they will not be back at home until December the 7th, their last game of 2018 against Southern State Community College. That is a ton. I mean, a ton of road games. Nothing but road games from October 30th until December the 3rd. It's a lot of gas. There's a couple of schools that I talked about. Kentucky Christian's on there. Presentation College, Grinnell College, William Penn, U, Ohio Valley, that's D2. Now we look at the women's basketball schedule. The Lakers play at the Salina slash Mercer County YMCA. As the Lakers are 0-1, according to here. Actually, they lost at... Michigan-Dearborn as well. Not sure about Lawrence Tech, Georgetown, or Lords. Next game listed for the women's basketball Lakers is on the 16th. 
at Rio Grande University. Next home game will be December the 1st against Wilberforce University up in Mercer County. And lastly, we'll talk about Cincinnati Claremont. Men's basketball schedule started on the 1st against Clark State, and the Cougars of UC Claremont will be at Hawking College tomorrow, at Elizabethtown on the 10th, and at home against Southern State on the 20th. For women's basketball, make sure the men's basketball picture was cool, because looks like UC Claremont has a facility that has a dome-like roof Almost looked like the Syracuse Carrier Dome, except not as big, but you get where I was going with that. Cincinnati Claremont basketball for women's basketball. They'll be at Penn State Fayette on the 9th and 10th. And then they'll be at the Centos Center against Mount St. Joseph for the Lauren Hill tip-off. And then at home on the 28th against Miami Middletown, which is ORCC, not independent like the schedule says. And lastly, I wanted to try to find something quick about Wright-Patterson Air Force Base's basketball program. Last year, WPAFB went 23-6 and and ranked third nationally in military basketball. Intramural sports are offered through each base unit at Air Force Fitness Centers Worldwide, and you stand out in the program, you have an opportunity to represent your base on a base team. Head coach of Wright Pat is Bryron Brandon, and his daughter Ashton Brandon is the assistant coach. And Brandon enjoys coaching. Bryron Brandon enjoys coaching. It's like a chess match between the coaches and teams. This is on Wright Patterson Air Force Base's website at wpafb.af.mil. And I couldn't find anything about this year's squad, but if anyone's got any information on Wright Patterson Air Force Base's basketball squad, Send that my way, because I'd be interested. It's always great to see Wright Patterson's team at a game. I got to call a couple of those, and great athletes. And no, they're not in the collegiate level, but still, it's local, and it's Sunday sports. There you go. And that's it. I believe I've covered every single college basketball program in the Cincinnati-Dayton area. Outstanding, although it took an hour and a half to do such a thing, but all these athletes deserve it. They put in the same amount of work no matter what level they are at. And that will conclude episode 70. Happy college basketball season, fans. There's a lot to enjoy, and I hope you enjoy it with me. Until episode 71, talk to you next week. This has been another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the local Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast. Closing theme by James Anderson from FreePD.com. Follow the podcaster on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen, spelled T-H-E-L-E-W-M-O-W-E-N, and the podcast on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. For every link and platform available to listen to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast. Would you like a question about sports answered on the podcast? Send a message on Twitter at either account or visit theleewmowen.com 
and click Contact Me, and your question might be answered in a future episode. Thank you for listening and your support of this podcast.